0: You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at starwarscommonwealth.com, on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome back. It's episode 107 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy belated Christmas. I hope Santa treated you all very, very well. Uh, My name is Kyle. And I'm Steve. And we're back to kick around The Last Jedi just a little bit more. So dense is this movie that it warrants another general review show. So Steve, how was your Christmas, man? We're We're talking in the past, so we're projecting into the future. Predict how your Christmas is going to go.
1: Uh, Christmas uh, was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, every year now uh, since my husband and I moved in together, we split Christmas. His family does Christmas Eve, mine does Christmas Day. So his family is maybe a, a twenty-minute drive. His aunt does it. So we do, you know, all the seafood. We do all the Christmas Eve classics, um, and then Christmas morning we drive down to Long Island for my family. Did you guys do traditional
0: Italian Christmas stuff?
1: Um, yes and no. I I think, you know, we kind of just we pick and choose. <laughs>
0: what like seafood we is a do. pretty big thing, right? In in Italian at uh, Christmas time?
1: Yeah, the Ita- the Italians do the uh the seven fishes. You're supposed to have seven seafood dishes. Um, so it's a mix. Like his uncle makes a really good uh New England clam chowder. Um, yeah, so it's delicious. Um, his other aunt brings a sushi platter, so we get a little quirky with it. Um, what else do they do? You know, shrimp cocktail, um, something baked, you know, like a salmon. Um, my grandma tends, she makes a really good kind of like a, uh, she calls it a skunjili salad. I don't know if that's the official name or that's just an old grandma like a scungil. I don't know if that's a real thing or not.
0: <laughs> a I don't know, but it, sa- it sounds good It sounds Italian.
1: Yeah, it's like squid and stuff. I think scungil, maybe it's squid in Italian. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just a, a, Americanized Italian. I have no idea. But what about you?
0: Um. Well, my my wife and I have hosted Christmas every year since 2006, I believe. Except for one year when our daughter was was three weeks old. And so it was like, uh, nope, not doing it this year, people. You want Christmas, you host. And so my mom hosted that year. Uh, but yeah, every, you know, ten of the past eleven Christmases have been Shaynu. <laughs> <laughs> Same deal this year, but we're not doing turkey. We're doing we're doing some a, a nice, a really nice pasta dinner. Might even have some homemade pasta involved. We'll see how that plays out. Delish. Yeah. Anyway, I am in. Lo- yeah, I'm saying I'm in
1: love. With, I have a a. Homemade pasta machine thing. I love using that.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of work, but boy oh boy, is it worth it! <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the Last Jedi, man. Oh, so much to talk about. <laughs> now, I've been trying to get most people on the Commonwealth on. I haven't gotten everybody yet, but hopefully, I will. It's still very young in this movie's life, so we have we have time in front of us. Two but you're years. here tonight, <laughs> and that's going to be good enough, man. So what? Let's go back to the night of December 14th, and I, we all know how you know we're all extraordinarily excited as the minutes tick down, and I'm sure th- you're like everybody else. The day of was a complete write-off. Uh, am I right with that? Oh, I, I wasn't thinking about anything else. <laughs> nope.
1: No work not, was done. Not the done. people that
0: need you in, in your job. <laughs> Sorry, people.
1: Today, you don't get Steve. It was weird. I had butterflies in my stomach kind of throughout the day this is probably the most you know excitement i felt for a star wars movie you know i felt it for force awakens but i think just kind of the anticipation and all the speculation i joined this podcast in the interim i think there was just so much build up i was just you know really feeling that excitement
0: yeah i i know i don't know if in this era if anything will top the force awakens just because of the delay and the newness and we you know still was so unbelievable that star wars was back but this one had a different vibe, at least for me. In that, I had no idea what was coming. I, I think I. The more I think about how I handled my approach to this movie uh, earlier this year in 2017, I, I, I kind of tapped out on spoiler reports, and I just stopped bringing them to the show, and I stopped reading about them. I, that, I think that was maybe in this late spring, maybe early summer. I just said, mm-hmm. "It's enough." It's. I, I keep forgetting to give spoiler warnings in the podcast. And that probably drives people nuts. So I'm out. I'm just going to try and phase out spoiler reports. And it worked. And it made my experience a whole hell of a lot better. Because I knew nothing going into this movie. Really, uh, other than what was in trailers. I had no clue about Snoke. Uh, no clue about... Actually, I had heard that Leia was going to be injured. But I didn't know how she'd save herself. Um, Luke. Luke's mindset. His characterization. Didn't really get much of that. Certainly didn't know he, how his fate was going to end up. So this turned out to be a really, really satisfying experience. The more I look back on it, the more I go, "Yeah, that." I... For the saga films, I think that's kind of how I want to treat things. Mm-hmm. And then standalones, I might say, I might take a different approach. I might for Han Solo, I might spoil myself a little more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I tend to have the same experience. So this was the least spoiled I was for a for a Star Wars movie. Well, I mean. Since I got into Star Wars relatively later, you know, Force Awakens was was technically my first Star Wars movie in a the theater. So everything else, I kind of already knew the lore. Everything was pretty much pop culture knowledge. Um, yeah. And then Force Awakens, I feel like I heard the, you know, that was, I heard a lot that I didn't really want to hear. I didn't know the kind of the big spoilers. But, uh, yeah, I pretty much, like, like you, I kind of just steered clear of everything besides. Uh, the main trailers.
0: Yeah, even even um, TV spots at a certain point. I, I think, in, you know, say as of, uh, I don't know, December 10th or 8th or so, in that last week, I just completely tuned out. It was great. <laughs> yeah, although I did
1: like the Don't Spoil This trailer um, that they had. I like those. I didn't even know that those were official. I thought those were fan made. Nope, nope. I forget what show I was watching. Um, maybe it was something on FX or some some network. Was the first time, and it was I was watching the episode live. Whatever it was, it might have been. I actually I don't even remember. But um, yeah, I was just shocked. Like I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" And you know, I'd never really heard you know the term spoiler in a uh, official trailer before.
0: Yeah, it's like well, it's like Lucasfilm's finally in on the joke. The spoilers, guys, ease up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was great. I mean, I I really did think it was a fan-made thing, though. But it was only after the fact, after seeing the movie. And I was home late Saturday night after seeing the movie again. I was just catching up on some PVR stuff. And I, fi- I think I finally saw the commercial then and said, oh, this is actually legit. Lucasfilm <laughs> went to this trouble. That's pretty cool. Let's talk about that, because I don't know that we really talked about that in our last podcast. What did you think of the marketing of this movie? That they didn't give us TV clips along the way, we just got TV spots and and trailers. They, you remember last year they gave us, uh, for uh, sorry, for The Force Awakens, we got TV clips galore. Not this time. Did that help or hinder the process?
1: Oh, it certainly helped. I mean, I'm a fan of... Uh... You know, having a little mystery before going into a movie. I don't want to know what's going to happen if, you know, after every turn and, you know, I don't like seeing a whole movie in a trailer. I like that, you know, we got the main trailer, you know, towards, you know, as we got closer to the release date, yeah, we got some TV spots, but yeah, no, I don't think there were any like Jimmy Kimmel live exclusives. I don't, I don't think. Um, because I, I think when he had the cast on, they didn't even bring a clip with them.
0: No, and um, I, you I, know, I was, I was telling anybody who would listen, watch tonight, you'll get a clip. Just check it out. <laughs> and They brought nothing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like that, and and I, and I think, uh, you know, there, I mean, there was just so much mystery built into it. Like, you know, this is completely new territory, um, for the franchise, and I, and I think they wanted to have that. You know, I think if they build up the mystery. The, from, a, from a marketing standpoint, it would draw more people in, right? Like, oh, why shouldn't we spoil this? Oh, you know, why are they not releasing this?
0: You know, it's just, you know, it was really a good tease. It really was. I mean, they they, they made a point of keeping certain things close to the vest, and as it turns out, it, w- it was a, probably a strategic decision to keep everything as tight as possible. I mean, they don't need to market this movie. No, they did. Star I Wars mean, TV spots are everywhere, right? Every, I think there was on, I think it's YTV, which is, uh, you know, youth television here in Canada, where we get a lot of, um, a lot of kiddie cartoons, but for, I guess for like the eight and upset, it, every commercial break had one TV spot to it. It was, it was an absolute bombardment. So they did market it pretty hard, but I guess they didn't really need to. I mean, everybody mm. knows Star Wars coming, right? Yeah. I anyway, think so,
1: uh, it depends on the market they're trying to, you know, if they were trying to reach a younger generation, maybe they market more towards youth channels. I don't know.
0: I, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I mean, I think they might start going down that road. Mm-hmm. But uh, time will tell. So you're in the theater. The lights come, on, come or go down. You watch the movie. And what's your initial reaction as the lights come back on? Eh, so, (laughs) it's interesting. I, um,
1: I didn't, I wasn't disappointed. I think that's the big difference. I think a lot of people felt disappointed. I was conflicted, but 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 more so, I think, because I didn't know how to feel. You know, I think, uh, you know, I turned to Dan, and I was like, I know I liked it. I don't know if I loved it yet. Um, you know, I definitely was entertained. I just, I think I needed some time to process. That was my initial reaction.
0: Yeah. There was, I mean, there was so much that happened in this movie that we were not expecting. So I think that is certainly a a very expected reaction, I think. Like, I know I was watching the movie and having a great time while there because everything was so new to me. But my goodness, like, when it was done, I was like, whoa, like, what just happened i, I mean, need to I, see this movie like immediately again i i can i can't possibly begin to even talk about this movie right now so much happened i think i it
1: was speechless i i think you know people say speechless but it's usually just like conjecture it's you know i was literally speechless i didn't know what to say or think
0: Uh kind of i i know i you know i left the theater with the guys and i was just like that was amazing i i love that so much but I could not articulate why. <laughs> and in many ways, I, I still can't. Although, you know, the picture is coming clearer for me now. Um, but yeah, at the time, I was just like, I, I don't know why I love that, but I did. I
1: I think I finally gotten to the point where I, I, I do love it. I do love it. And I think it struck me because, you know what it is? It's so against the mold of a typical blockbuster. Um, and what we've come to know Star Wars films to be, um, but it really, you know, on the bro- on the broad strokes, it really touches on what I look for in a narrative. Um, I, to, you know, I, I think yesterday we were talking, it was after we were filming the sithmas special, um, I, I, I compared it to Buffy and it really, for me, the Last Jedi is Buffy meets Battlestar Galactica, which is two of my top favorite shows ever made. Um, and there's just so much there. There's so much richness. You know, not to say it, I didn't think it, it copied any of those properties, but there's, there's a lot that those two properties did that speak to just the human condition and th- the character driven nature of it. Um, and we'll get into it as we break it down, but it really does touch on, a, it hits a lot of points for me. Yes, well, I guess let's, let's start positively. What worked for you? Um, I think a lot of the dynamics are what really worked for me. Um, I liked Ray and Luke, their dynamic, their whole interaction throughout the film, uh, Ray and Kylo, um, their dynamics poe and leia poe and, and Haldo. um i love that i fell in love with rose um mm, i love yes. rose i'm not crazy about Canto Bite per se but rose as a character is charming um and it just brings a, a a light to the screen
0: yeah there's there's some effervescence there with that character that um yeah, you 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 can't help but smile when when she's on screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's she's so much fun. Kelly Marie Tran is is going to be a Star Wars treasure, I think.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: I I I first see a lot of I don't know how, but I think this character is going to get a lot of spin-off material. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's a lot of fun. Uh and yeah, I like what you said about the, the character dynamics and you know, I I guess we should say that what worked for you and me really didn't work for a lot of other people, which is really, it's been really fascinating and sometimes frustrating (laughs) if I'm being frank (laughs) Uh, to watch like fandom kind of go at each other's throats over this, over this movie, which is really, again, it's been fascinating, but it's also been a bit tiresome. Um, But yeah, like for, for me, all of the dynamics and relationships and, and, dialogues and relationships between the people made sense and felt natural to me, but for others, it really doesn't. Where do you you fall on this? Does does it feel natural to you? Like, say say the way we pick up with Luke? Yeah.
1: I mean, all along we expected Luke to be um, I mean, we knew he was going to be beaten and kind of, you know, cut off from the rest of the world and um, so, I mean, I wasn't shocked by the Luke that we got. Um, I mean, I know some people, you know, they have their opinions on certain choices, like him tossing the lightsaber over his shoulder or, you know, like little things here and there. Um, but I was very much happy with the Luke we got. I mean, a lot of, you know, a, a big point that I, I I tend to agree with is that there's 30 years of Luke that we haven't seen. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's so much growth and they, and they kind of, but in this movie, they showed us the pivotal, the change. I mean, he was really ready to take out his nephew because he, he feared him. Um, and then kind of the guilt that he had with kind of fundamentally creating Kylo himself, um, is awful. And I can't imagine the guilt of something like that. Like your one choice that you have to live with led to the deaths of, of thousands
0: yeah and you know even though it was a very though well, i guess depending on whose side you take in the conversation do you do you believe kylo that luke was trying to kill him in cold blood or do you believe luke that he had this moment of man like this kid's getting dark and i won't be able to stop him i better i better do this while he's not suspecting it but then he goes oh gee, no what am i thinking but too late, right? It's it's you made you made it really you slipped up, and man, that that decision was awfully costly.
1: Yeah, I mean they say like well, there's there's two sides to every story or three sides, right? Yours, mine, and the truth. Um, you know I I I can't imagine Luke would be a cold blooded killer. You know I tend to not go on the side of Kylo. You know I think Luke. You know he admitted to his fault. So I kind of err on that side.
0: Yeah, and I I think we forget that the last like, Luke doesn't kill, right? I mean, he killed a bunch of Jabba's thugs, and he shot up some stormtroopers in A New Hope, but once he really steps down the Jedi path, he doesn't, like, killing is not really his thing.
1: No, I mean, you know, he's, I mean, so, I mean, we're kind of jumping ahead, but he's like, what do you expect? I'm not going to show up with a laser sword and take down an entire army. You know, that's never the Luke that we got you know we he's not a chop him up beaten down kind of person um you know he was his mentors are yoda and obi-wan like they're not you know soldiers per
0: se it's it's more of a philosophical learning absolutely and you know, um when you go back to to return of the jedi there's that moment where he's about to kill his dad He's about to strike down Vader before he steps back from that ledge. So it's not the first time where Luke was right at that point where he's going to kill one of his family members only to pull himself back from the edge.
1: Right. So
0: yeah, I mean it's I know people are kind of shocked that Luke even considered even for the briefest moment and it is a bit jarring that he went down that path. Um but like you said, like there's there's 30 plus years like when we left Luke, he was like 23 years old in Episode six, Return of the Jedi, and we we pick up with him again, and he's he's what, 55 or so. Right. I mean, he was still a,
1: a naive, well, not naive, but he was a child. I mean, he was still new to it all.
0: Um, yeah, there's, there's more that there's a bigger gap in Luke's life that we don't know about than the ga- the the span that we do cover. So so much could have happened to him, and here's one of the things that I think. Lucasfilm may have messed up on. Um, if, if we want to call it a mess up. Like, did, did you read Legends of Luke Skywalker?
1: Um, Not yet. I know kind of just the general gist of the way
0: it's structured. But I haven't read it yet. So the book even to me was jarring. <laughs> I'll say that. Even though it's, I, I think it's kind of given the soft canon label. The Luke in that book is not the Luke I was expecting. I thought we'd get a little bit more of the heroic Luke, but it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not that at all, Mm -hmm. but that book did absolutely prepare me for the Luke that we were going to get in the last Jedi, at least from the standpoint of, well, he didn't spend that time gallivanting around the galaxy, taking out bad guys everywhere because there were, there were none left there's nothing there's nobody left to fight so his his 30 year gap was mostly spent studying the force learning the ways of the force or uh, learning the ways of the jedi setting up his academy recruiting students all very peaceful stuff that you know, for, for for the longest time since you know the 80s that's not kind of the way i thought about luke skywalker post jedi and we saw you know timothy Zahn's novels helped us with that right there was always another army to fight Mm-hmm. So, so somewhere along the way, I thought, well, there's going to be some kind of grand adventure for Luke with lightsaber involved, but that's that's not in the cards whatsoever. I I don't think it might come, but yeah, this, this Luke that we saw from, from Ken Liu in Legends of Luke Skywalker is largely the one we got in The Last Jedi, just with a lot more cynicism.
1: I mean, with, you know the new canon right like you said timothy zahn's uh trilogy and whatnot i you know the new canon i mean we're supposed to believe that there was pretty much 30 years of peace until the first order showed us up right like there you know like you said there's no reason to um fight there's no yeah grand lightsaber wielding adventure um but correct me if i'm wrong um the legends of luke skywalker isn't it framed by the children of cantobite i think that's what i read it was uh
0: kind of yeah them... it's like four stowaways on a ship headed to cantobite
1: yeah which which ties in very nicely to the story that the kids are telling at the end of the last jedi with luke kind of facing down the first order and uh you know inspiring um this new rebellion
0: yeah, it, it's a that is a, it's a great tie. And for a for a second, you know, while, while I was watching the Last Jedi, I thought, are these kids kind of the same kids from that book? I, I don't think they are. I doubt they are. But um, yeah, I mean, the the tie is there. The tie-in is absolutely there. But you know, to go back to my point on this, I don't. It's not. It's not fair. I don't think it's on Lucasfilm's part to. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like if everybody read this book, if everybody was given mandatory homework, there'd be a lot less complaining about Luke, I think, or a lot lot less shock about it anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not right to expect people to pick up a book just so that they understand uh, a legacy character's mindset a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I I understand the disappointment,
1: but I think... It really, you know, you look at the the central or one of the central messages of the movie, you know, it's about heroes and legends and our heroes aren't always what we expect them to be. And heroes are flawed. um, You know, Luke is also just a, a mere mortal. I mean, yes, he's for, you know, he has force powers. He's, you know, but he, you know, he, he lives and he dies. You know, he, may, he has to make choices along the way. And sometimes they're not great, um, just like everybody else. Yeah. And, it, you know, and I think it's hard for us to accept that our heroes are are flawed. You know, we live in kind of a post-Marvel Cinematic Universe society. You know, we kind of expect kind of these grand scale superhero-esque moments where Iron Man or the Hulk or whoever swoops in and saves the day. And I think we were kind of projecting that as a fan base on Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. but what we got was a deeper, more you know, character-driven story, which I, I think is in the long run better serving.
0: Yeah, I I will take the well thought out story, or at least that sounds that sounds snobby. Um, the not easy way. Yeah, right? I I don't it, want
1: the fan service. Right, don't it would be fan easy. service. No, exactly. We, you know, it would be easy for Luke to show up, take down the First Order, but then ultimately, what do we learn? We don't really learn anything about the human condition. We don't learn anything about, you know, their their inner, you know, their inner workings.
0: No, we, we get, oh, that was a cool, look, man, Luke took down a bunch of walkers with his lightsaber and force powers. Wow, that was cool. And it probably would be cool. I mean, that was... I think what so many of us, at least myself, that's what I was calling. I said, Luke's going to take off from Canto Bite, He's going to show up on Crate and he's going to at least uh, he's going to show up and open a can of whoop-ass on on the First Order. That was what was in my head. And I think I I don't think I'm alone. I think I'm far from alone on that one. Right, right. Uh, And like you said, he he, like he said to to Ray and I think Chewie was there too. Like, what did you think? I was going to show up and take on the whole First Order myself. But the ironic part is he he does right in
1: in a much more um in in a deeper more meaningful way he does take
0: him down, but more with
1: his wits and his his wisdom
0: yeah and and that's it's a kind of a for me a direct tie to what Rose says that we don't what is it what does Rose say right before she kind of passes out after crashing the speeders with Finn she says uh we don't win by fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. Like, Luke could have showed up, I suppose, and, and tried to do what he could in, in adding to the First Order death count. But it was he was better served, or you know, his services were better rendered by doing this astral projection thing and saving his friends that way. So he didn't fight. He didn't fight those he hated. He saved those he loved. And I thought that was just... I thought that was brilliant, others didn't think so, and that's that's okay, yeah, I mean you know we're you know, we're
1: all allowed to have different opinions, you know, it does't mean one is wrong or one is right? It's just
0: what speaks to you as a viewer and as a fan yeah <laughs> we we got uh three movies in the late nineties early aughts that uh for a lot of people did not land, but uh you know they they remain, and I think people are slowly coming around to them bit by bit as, as time goes on as oh and especially as as fans who are children in that time get older and have have a larger say over what's what's cool and what's not now um i i, I think the last jedi is going to age really really well in the long run I, I i think so you know it's
1: funny with the prequels is you know i, I like i said i didn't see them in the theaters um so they were kind of introduced to me as, "Oh, these are the worst. They're nowhere near as good as the original." <laughs> and, and, and you know, and it's so funny as I went in expecting the worst, and I came out relatively surprised. I was like, you know, they're not amazing. You know, they're not as good as the OT, at least you know, comparatively because I watched all six like in, together. Um, and but I went, I came out like, okay, it, it, you know, I took it for what it was. It was like I, I picked out what I liked, and they are what they are.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if I had to tell this whole story of Star Wars in, say, a, a two-minute stretch or a three-minute stretch without really going into the detail or execution, I think you're telling one of the greatest stories ever. But uh, some, it, it, I think what gets lost sometimes or what doesn't land for people is, is the acting or the details in the writing and stuff like that, or maybe specific effects. Yeah, I think – But yeah. the story, I think, is terrific.
1: Absolutely. I, I think we do get caught up in the nitpick. Um, like, yeah, I mean, to get, you know, more specific into, into the last Jedi, you know, like the Carrie Fisher moment, you know, the Leia using force powers, you know, for me, I always wanted to see Leia use force powers. I I, I thought, you know, there's she's, she's also, she's Darth Vader's daughter too. Why shouldn't she? Um, and I think, uh, it's something that I always wanted to see. You know, and I think some people maybe thought it looked a little silly. You know, people say Mary Poppins. Some people called her a space witch. I, you know, like <laughs> she kind of, you know, for for a split second, she kind of reminded me of Bette Midler and Hocus Pocus. Um, But, you know, it's so funny because the first time I saw it, it seemed to go on forever. I was like, oh, my God, she's flying through space. When does this end? It's a little silly. And then the second time I saw it, it moved by so quickly. It just it didn't bother me as much. And I think you know, a minor, you know, it's, it's, again, it's such a nitpick because like in my head, I could say, oh, you know, a minor tweak here or there, you know, maybe if they just framed it differently and shot it maybe from behind or a little more mysterious, you know, you didn't get this big swooping shot of her flying through space, you know, maybe it wouldn't come off so weird. So I think, you know, some people just had an issue. I think it's just the, in the ex- execution, right? I mean, that's the big complaint about the prequels, right? The story is amazing, but it's in the execution. Um, so, but again, like I said, second time around, it didn't feel like it dragged as much because I was nitpicking it the first time. Um, I just kind of, you know, it, it's cool. It got it got its point across the, you know, it, it did ultimately what I wanted it to do. It was just that one shot I wasn't crazy about. But, you know,
0: I. I yeah, they, t- they took, they made some weird choices in, in, you know, shot selection. It's a bit weird. Right. I, I love the sentiment, like the sentiment behind it, finally seeing Leia use the force like that. That that is what I take out of that that uh, that moment. Not that the fact that we did we got a Carrie Poppins weirdo shot. It's to me it, the scene works perfectly, especially when it's aided by John Williams' score. Mm-hmm. Oh man! I mean, I, and then like the, the slow mo with Poe and and Catal connix and Finn. I I thought it worked out brilliantly. As goofy as it looked, I think it works out really well. Well, it's funny.
1: It's, I mean that shot the the wide shot of her floating was you know preempt was you know was uh that followed probably one of my favorite shots which was just the close-up on her face with the leia theme playing and you see kind of like the debris or whatever kind of you know forming around her as she formed this like force bubble of protection and it was just, I thought, it just like that that one shot also, I thought, was a beautiful moment.
0: Yeah, Leia had so many good moments in this. Small, small, like small, subtle moments, but like classic Leia, great lines. Yeah. Just the, the look on her face, the look in her eyes. It's 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 too bad because I, you know, I think Leia and Carrie Fisher, they were so primed to take the next step in this series, and it's it's such a pity that we're not going to get to see that. Yeah, I don't know what they're, I think that's also another thing is like,
1: I thought they would do some fancy editing and and resolve her story in in, in some way. But ultimately, I came out was like, yeah, I think that was like, also one of the big questions. I was like, what are they going to do now? Like, I don't know how are they going to fix it. And does it, does it do Leia or Carrie Fisher disservice to do a time jump and have her die off screen? You know, I think that's something that I'm not gonna know until I see the film, but yeah, but now I feel like that's kind of I think we're closer and closer to getting that because if they're not gonna see her, if they're not going to recast her, that's kind of their only option
0: yeah i mean i yeah uh, that's that's all I can see that I think that's all that most people can see. this is a tough one. And that, you know, this is one they had to be pulling their hair out over. I mean, I could, I wonder, I wonder if, if part of JJ taking it over was, was that he needs some extra leeway. I I doubt that, that Kathleen Kennedy reverses her position Mm -hmm. that, that they're not recasting, not CGing. I doubt that happens. I, I suppose it's possible, but yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't know how you, how they resolve this with, instead of saying uh i don't know if the the next crawl is the first order has been relentless and in their attacks the general leia has been has been killed yeah i mean i could see something where like
1: the first line of the crawl is the the rebels mourn the loss of their general or something like that um
0: i don't know i don't know yeah it's yeah i mean, that's got to be the trickiest thing to have to deal with ever <laughs> yeah It's tough.
1: That's why I thought, you know, maybe they would do some re-editing and I don't know. (laughs) It's tough. This is why. uh, It is really tough. I'm not a filmmaker. We
0: we might come back to this after (laughs) as we wrap things up. But uh, I, I, you know, I don't know that we talked enough about Ray. Yeah. In in our first review episode. And here, you know, it's like the central character of this trilogy. And we didn't, I don't know if that we did her service, but I feel like of all the characters and a lot of people got a lot of screen time in this episode. Ray was kind of like on the straightest path. Yeah. Like, do you feel the same? Like she, she got, there was, I don't think there's anything shocking about her that happened in this movie. Um, I mean
1: the quote unquote shock, I guess would be the realization of her parentage. Um, but I think she pretty much went where we thought she was going to go. Uh, after the force awakens.
0: Yeah. I mean, she, I, 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 I think Ray's a bit of a pretty transparent character, and I I don't mean that in a denigrating way. I mean, this person is is pretty much the the embodiment of goodness, <laughs> <laughs> and you know she was she wanted to kill Kylo in TFA, and in Episode Eight, I guess. Which for me it doesn't sit particularly well. I'm still trying to grapple with this, and so I guess I would file this in something that doesn't quite work for me. Mm-hmm. Is that now she's trying to save him.
1: Here's the thing: I I feel like Ray. What I love about her, and maybe this is because I'm a social worker, I don't know, <laughs> but to me, she's just pure empathy, right? She she gets it. She I feel like she understands people. She empathizes with people. Um, and yes, I feel like it, it, it's it might have flipped like a switch for her, kind of not forgiving kylo but believing that she could change him um but i think what was good and what kind of makes it a little easier for me to digest is that i think if they had come face to face immediately after the force awakens it would have been a battle right there but i think because there's this this separation this like the force is connecting us It's almost like a blind date in a way, right? It's just like, we're here, we don't know why we're here, but we can see each other and we're talking. And I think, you know, over time, after several of those conversations, you know, I think it kind of, they could see each other as not equal, maybe equals, but, you know, as just
0: people, right? There's no, there's no conflict. It's just a conversation. Yeah, and she has to come to terms... I mean, I guess she is maybe realizing that for for some reason, the Force keeps connecting those two. The person that she really hates the most. She, you're a monster! And why did you do it? Why did you kill Han? Like, she's really angry with this guy. And then, you're right, like, she, she really empathizes with him over what happened at the Academy. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the point where she decides maybe he's still worth saving. And I think part of it might be because now she's a little...
1: I think she herself was disappointed in in Luke, right? I mean, she wanted this guy to swoop in and and save her and save the galaxy. But now it's kind of like she's realizing it's kind of on her. So it's forcing her to grow up and make decisions for herself. And she's like, oh, crap, I I might be alone in this. And now I kind of have to see it from a a different light. That's kind of how I read it. It's like all right, maybe I'm going to have to be a little more diplomatic about this as opposed to, yeah, jumping in with a laser sword and, and busting some people up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like she, like she rushes off to save Kylo mm-hmm. in the same way that Luke sa- rushed, rushed off to save his friends and empire. You know, there's, there's one parallel between those two movies. Right. Um, all yeah, but very it's, different
1: it's... philosophically speaking.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming from different places. Just, Just the same actions, but different from place, different places. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) I mean, we were just talking about Ray,
1: right? I mean, like, we're just kind of, you said, you you know, we haven't, you didn't really, um, explore the character too much in the last one. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I love Ray. I I really think she's probably one of my favorite heroes, um, of not just the new trilogy, but just in general, um.
0: Yeah, she's a, she's a top five character, Star Wars character. For yeah. Me. Yeah, absolutely. I think she cracked my... I think we did this list in the summer, I think. Somebody had asked us, give, give me your top five Star Wars characters of all. And I think she had cracked my list at five. I don't remember the, the rest of the list. I know Ahsoka was there, Chewie was there, Luke was there. And that's four. I don't remember. <laughs> I guess that speaks to the fluidity of the list, but yeah that she's on the list no doubt I, I do you think that she how do you how does this sit with you that she went from hating this guy to wanting to save him and then by the end again it seems like she's closing the door um is it is it are we are we swinging is the pendulum swinging too much too fast or is her- it's like slamming the literally slamming the door in his face uh sort of I guess it had to end there, right? Well, you gotta think. I mean, with the weight of the
1: situation, she doesn't really have time to, to keep pressing Kylo. Right? I mean, you know, she goes in, she's hopeful. You know, he kills Snoke. You know, here's this one kind of ray of hope there. Um, and then, you know, and then quickly he's like, nope, rule the galaxy with me. Let's burn it all to the ground. Um, which, on a side note, also an amazing point, but we'll get to that um and i think she's just like well all right if you're not coming with me now this is kind of it i guess she kind of expected him to to come with her she was so convinced and now it's like well you know the first order's still going to be doing its thing you know there's like 10 people left of the resistance you know so it's just kind of like a now or never situation she couldn't
0: really sit too long on it no and she i i think in a way, I hope she's kind of given up on him. I don't know that w- what that would say about the character of Ray. Mm-hmm. but after you know, she she I, well, she didn't see what Kylo attempted to do with Luke, or and and I don't know that she knows that he issued the order to shoot the Falcon down out of the sky and right kill her in the process. But I, I oh God, I got to imagine that if she knew, and I I presume at this point she does. Mm. She's got to. She's got to know that Kylo is as off as rocker. Is she, is she still going to say, "Nah, he's still redeemable"? Because Leia doesn't even seem to think Kylo can come back. No, I feel like Kylo has made
1: his choice. Right, he's over the deep end. Um, yeah, you know, I, I forgot what I was listening to, but they said, you know, if the Force Awakens is about identity, you know, Last Jedi is about choices. Um, and I think Kylo, he's pretty set in his choices. He's he's killed his father he's killed his master He's set you know he knows what he wants um i i don't see an episode 9 with ending with a redemption um you know and and, and it's interesting it's like you know luke is saying oh you know the the jedi has to come to they have, the jedi have to come to an end but i i feel like in the same way the skywalker ha- skywalkers have to come to an end Right? I mean, here we are, it's it's very cyclical, right? We talk about George Lucas with his poetry, right? Anakin, evil, dark side. Luke, light side, back to Kylo, dark side. It's just kind of like a vicious cycle um, that I think is kind of part of the, you know, what's throwing the galaxy all out of whack all the time. Um, So I think, you know, having Rey being a nobody... Kind of ending this
0: cycle, um, it, it works for me thematically. Do you believe? Do you believe Kylo is Ray actually a nobody?
1: I I tend to believe it. Um, also that's based on lines in the Force Awakens, right? That's Maz Kanata. You know, I feel like we've gotten all these illusions that Ray is a nobody, and I think the fandom, you know, we force ourselves no how could she be a nobody she has to be a somebody you know but you know what this is a skywalker saga she has She has to be connected to somebody um and this you know and but you know what the power in this story is that she isn't a skywalker she's not a solo she's not a kenobi she is a force sensitive person who can break the mold and end this vicious cycle um and then you go back to the kids on Canto Bite and you have the four sensitive boy with the broom and it's all about, you know, anyone can be a hero. And I love that theme. Uh
0: yeah, I think I think it's much more I mean, there's some compelling stuff in making her okay, let's go let's go back two years ago. I was convinced that she was Luke's daughter mm-hmm. and he was staring his daughter right in the face going, I can't believe she's here. But, you know, a couple months after that. Three four months after that, I I was I was done with that. I was like, no, there's no way. I, I don't think it makes sense anymore. Now I was believing Maz Kanata, and as as the production of, of the Last Jedi went on, and we got little snippets here and there. Yeah, I was I was totally off with that. I was just I'm like, no, she's she's I, I believe she's nobody. Yeah, and I, I mean, I I think it's more powerful to make her nobody, yeah. to let her make decisions for herself, and define her own path without the baggage of her family's legacy
1: mhm and if and if people wouldn't believe that luke would possibly kill his nephew people would not believe that he would throw away his daughter right i mean that right. feels almost worse to me
0: yeah like i could never reconcile the idea that luke or leia or han if any of those three somehow managed to be her parent that they would leave her with unkar plutt Ugh. like that does that to me didn't make one lick of sense. How could that happen? So for Kylo to say, yeah, you were sold for drinking money by junky parents. Okay, I can buy that they would leave... leave her with Unkar Plutt. That makes more sense. Now, maybe there's more to it. Maybe there's, there's steps in between that we don't know, but... Yeah, it, but... why would he know this? Like, we know that they're connected through the Force, and we know through the novelization... That he seems to recognize her, uh, but why? I, I want to know. I wonder how he knows about her parents.
1: Um, I I feel like it was in the moment of, you know, the kind of the force conversations, right? I think when they touched hands, I think it kind of gave them a, a a willing glimpse. Remember, she's like, "I saw his future," while well, he probably saw her past. You know, I I feel like. I feel like they so share. So Ray would,
0: Ray knows the truth as well,
1: right? And he's like, you know, sir, you you know it's true, and she seems, you know, kind of inclined to, you know, yeah, yeah, you're right, you know, and and, and but again, yeah, yeah, I can believe that. There's some denial going on with her. Um, and you know, and just go back to Maz Kanata and The Force Awakens. You know, the seeking, the the longing that you seek is not behind you; it's ahead. You know, and you know, the people you're looking for are never coming back. You know, and. It's probably true, you know, and, and Ray has to be her own person. Um, she can't rely on a crutch of a family legacy. Um, you know, or, a, you know, a royal lineage or what, what have you, you know, she just has to rely on herself and her own choices and her own, you know, it's about making your own destiny, you know, kind of getting out of this cyclical predestined chosen one business, which I think is yes. so much more powerful.
0: Yes, Steve. Yes, <laughs> some may disagree, and again, that's fine. But for me, it makes it—it's so much more compelling for Ray in 2017 for what she means to so many people, uh, boys and girls, especially girls alike. That this person does not have to be anybody special. There doesn't have to be a special bloodline for her to do special things. I think that is just so much more powerful than. Well, she's a Skywalker, or she's a Kenobi, which means she's da, 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 gonna uh, gonna accomplish great things just because, not because of who she is or who her character is, but because those midi chlorians or that DNA that makes her Kenobi, that's what's gonna shine her through. It's it's the the success of Rey would be given to Luke or Kenobi or Han, like whichever person she ended up being related to. It's almost—I almost feel like that person would get the credit. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely!
1: And you bring up the midi chlorians. I mean, that's why people didn't like them. It predetermined
0: your worth. Yeah, I and mean, they've—they've stepped away from the whole midi chlorian thing, oh, right? God, they—they <laughs> they don't want to—they don't want to talk about that anymore. No, no, but that's why people didn't I like. Think it. That, I think that's why kyber crystals now exist as a as a pretty big talking point in Star Wars. Oh yeah, uh, the broken Skywalker saber. We didn't really talk about that either, but talk about a visual signal that this is ending. The <laughs> Skywalkers are going to be no more. The saber is finished. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I didn't even think of it as a visual representation, but you're very—you're so right. It really—it just snapped in half, literally. Um, and now, also, she's going to have to make her own lightsaber, which I'm excited to see. <laughs>
0: Yeah, was it was it Carlos? Who was talking about? Um, boy, I can't I can't believe I already forget. But somebody was saying, yeah, the, the idea of of Ray swinging around a double sided lightsaber. I think it was Carlos. If it was Corey, I'm sorry, Corey. <laughs> I was I I apologize to whoever said that to me, but I'll take that. Yeah, that seems pretty cool. I mean, just the visual style. I mean, again, yeah, yeah, that's her fighting
1: style. Is the staff? She has to make something that. Is part of her identity and her own style. I would, oh, I would
0: love that. <laughs> so, uh, what what else worked for you in this movie? Let's let's talk about um, let's 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 go right back to the start. Let's go to Poe and his his bravado, which <coughs> made for some cool moments. Great, great opening moments with with, you know, I, I think there was some real drama in those opening shots with a single X wing going up against a dreadnought yeah like that beautiful opening shots um i yeah i love poe the flyboy, Hothead.
1: hothead yeah i think it's phenomenal um again a film about choices right leia's telling him no we this needs to end we need to go and he's like no we could take down this dreadnought we can do it um and now all his fighters are dead <laughs> all the bombers are dead the majority of the x-wings all those fighters were dead um and now he has to kind of live with that but that, so, okay, that scene with Rose's sister, that was very Rogue One to me. And it was so intense. I love that.
0: Yeah, that was really well done. Although, although I, you know, I, it was the idea that that she was kind of paralyzed from that fall, just laying flat on her back? I imagine, like, you know, fall on your back, you probably hit your head. You know, she's
1: probably like, you probably can't get up right away after that. You know, um and then her trying to kick the uh the button down um just a very cool, tense moment because y you know the bomber's approaching right, there's really no time to go up and climb, right how am I gonna get how is she gonna get this button to her the quickest way possible to get this done um you know, I mean, had she attempted to climb the ladder, I'm sure she would have been shot down,
0: yeah, I mean she yeah, she did give it a shot, and that's that's why she ended up flat on her back right. <laughs> right, I mean, a take two would only, you know, seal her her defeat. Yeah, no, that that was a, a great, really tense sequence. Um, And, and yeah, like going back to Poe's decisions. Made for some cool movie moments. A lot of things blow up, which we like in Star Wars. But there were actual consequences to this, not only for him as he gets demoted, but for the resistance. Like he his choice to press ahead with his attack got them decimated. Yeah, and it was it was a it was a boneheaded choice. Mm-hmm. And this is where I this is where I kind
1: of started to compare Star Wars to Battlestar Galactica, which I don't know. Are you familiar with the property? A little bit. So the, I've never seen the '80s version, but in the in the 2004 2005 reboot, um, it was all about the Cylons and the humans, and the Cylons destroyed the humans' homeworld, and it was pretty much just a four season long. Space chase, right? They were just constantly on their tail. And in that, the Cylons were able to track the humans through hyperspace. Um, so it was just kind of like a, you know, a cat and mouse game throughout. So that's kind of where I got this vibe, where it's just like the First Order is now so overwhelming, then they're now they're just kind of, you know, that story kept us in space. And I really appreciated that. And it was very, um, Galactica did a really cool job of just kind of the on ship politics, who's in charge, who orders who. There were there were plenty of mutinies on the show, that's for sure. Um, so I just I kind of love that that turn in
0: the story. Yeah, well, I, yeah, what you're saying means is somewhat registering with me, although I've I've only watched a handful of episodes and I followed it sort of at a, at arm's length. Uh, I do intend to watch the whole thing at some point. I have every, I have all the episodes, um, but how do you feel about Poe being spoken down to by Holdo? This is kind of where where dude bros get their backup, and uh-huh. <laughs> I, I don't like Holdo because of the way she treated Poe. And... No, I mean
1: Poe again. I love the character, but he made this choice, and it ultimately was. I don't, I don't know if I would say the wrong choice, but it ended up with a lot of people dead. And I think he definitely needed to get put in his place. Um, so, I, you know, I, I tend to err on the side of Holdo there. And I think, um, not because I, you know, I wanted to see Poe get talked down to, but I think it was important to his growth. I mean, Poe needs to learn kind of a sense of responsibility. I mean, they're molding. You know, we find out in the end that Holdo and Leia really kind of had this plan for Poe and, and, and the leadership. But they're really trying to mold Poe into a leader. And I think he needs to learn these hard lessons so that way he can really properly lead
0: ne- the new rebellion. Yeah, not not every solution can be solved by just blowing something up. And exactly. By by the end, I think he figured that part out. You know, they're, they're chasing down or they're facing down those ATM-6, the oncoming First Order. It's, it, the attack is not going to work. Their their plan is just not going to work. And he calls it, you know, peel off. A, a Poe from earlier in that movie would have said, no, keep going. And he would probably would have gotten everybody killed. This time he says, ah, yeah, abort. So uh, there's definitely growth in that two and a half hour movie for Poe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's it was nice to see Poe kind of get stripped down a little bit. And, you know, not only in just getting dressed down... With a, with a tongue lashing, but also demoted, slapped in the face, stripped of his rank a little bit, and again, like there, there's a lot of dude bros out there rolling their eyes. But hey, sometimes sometimes you need to learn some harsh lessons from people that maybe you're not accustomed to listening to.
1: Here, hear. hear.
0: <laughs> um, so you're were you a fan of the Holdo character?
1: I I did like her. I I think the only thing that disappointed me was that we're not going to get more of her. Um, you know, her kind of being a one and done character. You know, I think it would have been nice kind of, you know, in hindsight knowing now where we are with with Leia, it would be nice to have her kind of in the leadership role um alongside Poe perhaps. Um, but I think her moment at the end, you know, the big sacrifice, the that is probably in the way that was shot. I mean, I think there's, I don't know a single person that says they did not find that amazing or beautifully done. Well, you know, I
0: don't. Oh, that's
1: not that is not one of
0: the complaints.
1: As many as there are, yeah. that is not one of them.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, for for as subjective as things like movies are as a piece of art, I think that shot is probably objectively cool. Ah, <laughs> oh, just
1: the sound design, the literal lack of sound. And just visually, oh, it was—I had chills. Like I could feel the hairs on my arm uh, raising
0: from that. Right, because you know when we learned about the situation in this movie between the Resistance and First Order, how are the Resistance going to take out this ship? Either you just keep running from it, or you have to, or they find a way to take it down. Is that sabotage? That's kind of lame. How do you take out a, a ship that is? I think I think it was like 60 60 kilometers across. Mm-hmm. It's just a massive beast. How do you take that out? Oh. Here's how. You get a character to give the ultimate sacrifice and ram a ship named the Radis right through the, the heart of it at light speed. Like that is cool stuff.
1: Uh, incredible. Now I I know kind of the big opinion is that it that possibly should have gone to Admiral Akbar. Um where do you fall on that
0: um rather than him dying in the bridge yeah i, I did comment that we, we lost akbar and it was just sort of a throwaway thing that that other i think commander i can't remember her name oh commander something she but she says oh we lost the entire resistance leadership including admiral akbar and it's, oh like that's that's it for akbar like he's just quickly written out Fan favorite Akbar, really? It, yeah, you're right. It could have been cool to give him that moment, but um, hey, there's, there's a, I guess there's a thousand ways this could have gone, right? Right. I mean, there's, yeah, endless ways.
1: Um, and this is just where they landed, and you know, unlike the whatever, whatever the ten thousand people who signed that petition, whatever it's up to now,
0: um, it's, it's not going to change. It's in the can.
1: It's in theaters. Oh,
0: jeez, no! That that petition's like in. Th- it was yesterday. It was at thirty thousand. Right. That that's not how this works. That's not how Hollywood no. works. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just it's not happening. Uh, but let's not talk about that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think regarding Holdo, I think Carlos said it best. I I can't put it any better. That he disliked her for as long as they intended him to dislike her, and that's kind of the way I feel. Like by the time you re- you realize her plan, okay, I got it now. Because though I was very I was suspicious of her. Is she she doesn't look the part of resistance here? Is she maybe a double agent? Is she in cahoots with somebody from Canto Bite? Is she how, how is this person fitting in? Like she just doesn't look the part. Mm-hmm. But once once she offers up her life for the resistance, you, oh, all right, she's she's totally on our side. Yeah. And and they have that moment with Leia and and, and Holdo about, talking about Poe and how, yeah, I like him. Like, he's a troublemaker. He, he needs to learn. He needs to grow up. But I like him.
1: I mean, I know some people were put off by her just visually, the character design. But, I mean, when you think back to the original trilogy, right, we're used to kind of like this scruffy, dirty kind of rebellion. But then you see Mon Mothma and she's beautiful in this flowy white gown and... You know, doesn't look like she fits per se. So I think, you know, I, I don't know. I I just I didn't I didn't quite understand the hang up on her design. You know, we 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 get characters that don't look quite look like they fit, but ultimately they they have a role to play. You know, it seemed like a silly nitpick to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I admit when I first saw, her, I was like that. Does, she doesn't look Star Wars, but. I, you know, there's a purpose to the, to the choices that they made with this character. Right.
1: I mean, I know she also has a whole backstory in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, too. So I know, I know, I know, some of that is explained, and unfortunately, some of this stuff has to be relegated to to extended canon, um, which is fine, you know. But not everyone's going to read that stuff. Yeah, most people
0: won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. How about the humor overall in the movie? Actually, you know what? Before we talk about the humor, uh, let, let's touch on Rose, Rose and Finn a little bit more. Mm. Um, yeah, let's, let's 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 stick with Rose. I mean, the breath breath of fresh fresh air character for me in this movie. She was Kelly Marie Tran was just terrific. Oh, her intro is probably one of my favorite
1: intros of any character. Um, that first scene was just so. It was fun to see those two interact and kind of the beats in their conversation, right? Just kind of like, I had to tase two, three other people, you know, for escaping and Finn trying to cover up that he's, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just checking these escape pods. And I I just, I love that banter and to see her kind of still mourning her sister, I I thought was very um, humanizing and, and it was just a great introduction.
0: Yeah, I I I I agree. She, I I think she was just tremendous throughout. Um. And I also I, I thought the writing of that of that scene, their initial meeting, was so reminiscent of when Ray and and Finn first met. Yeah. Like I I I'm with yes I'm with the resistance I am with the resistance like it's it's Finn putting on, uh, a show again. Yeah, actually, I didn't
1: even make that comparison at first but i yeah i i definitely see that
0: he's just sitting there p- trying to put on an act oh no 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 uh, i i am with the resistance i'm i am just checking out these these escape pods i'm not actually leaving except he's full of it <laughs> that's exactly what he was planning on doing oh yeah
1: um but i mean i'll say i mean uh, you know aside from their kind of initial conversation this this subplot you know i know a lot of people had issues with you know and this was also for me one of the 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 arcs, not so much of the characters, but just the Cantobyte stuff in general. It was not my favorite. Um and again, I, I you know, I, I I appreciate the story and the message. Um, you know, war profiteering and and yada yada yada, but um I think it's, you know, it kinda of falls in the execution for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people weren't crazy about that sequence. And I you know, I guess there's a reason why we didn't see a ton of it in the marketing. Mm-hmm because there just wasn't a lot of that that planet in this movie. Yeah.
1: I mean it is so quick. You know, I mean again, it, it, you know, it's easy to kind of get it, you know, get hung up on it, but all, you know, ultimately, you know, it's it's not that much of the movie itself. So I feel like it doesn't take away too much.
0: Yeah, it I mean it is the key sequence for Rose mm-hmm. and in characterizing her and where where her mindset is about the haves and the have-nots and and you know, Yeah, you just the dirty elites and, and, you know, the downtrodden stuff like that. And also, I mean, this is why, I mean, this was why Holdo, I mean, the the reason why Holdo doesn't tell everybody her plan from, from a stamp, like from Ryan Johnson's standpoint is I got to give Finn and Ro something to do because if they know the plan, if if Holdo, which as a vice admiral, she has no, she doesn't have to tell anybody anything. Hmm. She no. doesn't owe po the information. She doesn't owe that to anybody. She's the vice admiral. She'll tell who she wants, and if she does say, "Guys, here's the plan," well, then there's no reason for Finn and and Rose to leave. <laughs> and they all, they you know, they sit in the in the cafeteria on the ship and just wait. Right. I mean, they needed so by something. not knowing the plan. Yeah, okay. She's not going to tell us. You guys go take care of your plan. I mm. mean that that's how the, I think that's how that works. Um, I think what
1: I would have liked to have seen, um, again, too little, too late. I mean, can't change it. But, you know, I wasn't crazy about Maz Kanata's little cameo. You know, I I, I feel like I needed more from her character as opposed to, all right, here are the clues. Here's your mission. Go do this. Um, I thought. Yeah, I wanted to see more of her. I think it would have been cool if she was on the mission with them, to be quite honest. I mean, if she was like, I know this guy on Canto Bite Come meet me there. I thought that would be cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, what happened to Maz after after the Force Awakens? I mean, at one point in the in the trailers, we saw that Maz was actually giving the saber to Leia. Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, Maz was with the Resistance. She was right. she was ha- hanging around with them after her her castle was destroyed, just you know waiting for her next development to take place. Now, I guess she's probably not one to let the grass grow under her feet, so she, she you know, she, she moved right along. But it, yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think it would have been awful for her to be like Finn Rose. Let's go, and you know, they take off to Canto Bite. Mm-hmm. I would not. I don't think I would have had a problem with that.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, I just would have given her character something that to do. I feel like you know that she was really built. I mean, she, she was probably one of my favorite moments of The Force Awakens. One of my favorite parts. Um, I would have loved to have seen some more development there, you know, cause she's, you know, she has such this, this, this grandiose, grandiose um, just vibe about her, you know, this kind of all knowing, you know, she, you know, she's no Jedi, but she knows the force and there's just so much um, mystery about her. And I would have liked to have seen just a little more of that executed.
0: Yeah. There's, there, I mean, she's kind of like Yoda, right? There's, there's a mischievousness there mm-hmm. and there's, there's wisdom there. And I would have, yeah, I definitely would have liked to have seen that explored a little bit more. And I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll probably get
1: more in episode nine. I feel like with the direction going back to J.J. Abrams, he's going to kind of pick up the pieces of what he laid down. And, you know, like Maz Kanata, maybe that's more like, all right, that's J.J.'s character. That's not Ryan Johnson's character. You know, and I feel like we're going to get maybe more of these threads that J.J. laid out kind of come back full circle so that's kind of my hope
0: for maz that would be nice i would like i would like to see a little bit more of maz next time around Uh, what about uh phasma big phasma fan (laughs) How how do you feel about the way she's been handled not just in the movies but as a whole including the the books and comics it's so it's so unfortunate Because you have someone like
1: Gwendolyn Christie, who is amazing. You have a character design that is so cool. Um, It was, you know, it's not Phasma's fault, right? I feel like it's definitely, it's in the writing. It was in the execution of the character. You know, I really wanted to see, you know, her really be kind of, yeah, the, the emotional, the ghost, the antagonist to Finn's development. And it's there. It's just you know finn's growing and then she's just kind of like the final boss of his story right it's just like he gets to her at the end defeats her and now he's a new person or he's you know he's he's grown. Um yeah he's slayed his past he's he's beaten his dragon right it, it, but like it's yeah it's so unfortunate actually i don't know if you remember this um back when the force awakens came out you guys yeah you guys did kind of like a an open source, like, hey, if you guys want to send in a, a, an opening crawl, we'll read it, yada, yada, yada. And that was kind of like right before I, I joined in with on uh, with you guys in, in the Telling Saber. But for my opening crawl, you know, I think one of my paragraphs was like, the First Order has sent Phasma after Finn, right? And I think it would have been cool to have her kind of be more of like, yeah, like a, a bounty hunter type, you know, like his literal past trying to catch up to him. As opposed to just her sitting around the ship waiting for Finn to show up and beat her in two minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, which again is is a little bit strange. Here's this kid f- fresh out of coma and he takes out f- Captain Phasma, the baddest stormtrooper who's ever lived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Made, made, a cool, made for a cool moment. I'll, I'll give Finn that. I love Finn. And, you know, if I if I have to pick a winner, who would I like to see win that fight? I'm going to give it to Finn every time. But... I feel like there could have been more of the the spectre of Phasma looming for Finn across the trilogy. Yeah. I think I think that yeah, he
1: would have been it would he would have been better served had she been his ghost throughout the three movies. And like that would have been a nice fuller complete arc. Because now it's kinda like he slayed his demons and now he's just kinda gonna help take down the first order, I guess. So there's really kind of like the emotional arc is Kind of done, from what I see.
0: Um, unless there's more to yeah. it, but it's just what, Yeah, what is, what's left for Finn to do? And of course, you can give him something to do, but naturally, it's it's taking out Phasma, which was the kind of the big thing that you would you would expect from from Finn going all the way back to TFA. So it's, yeah. I, I thought that was. A, I'm actually more upset about phasma's death than i am about snoke's Mm. i feel like one i feel like snoke's death which we'll get to made more sense than phasma's oh yeah which maybe is a bit of a hot take
1: no i i i I tend to agree with you i think just as far as serving the character development yeah and but also to be fair this uh, this new trilogy is so packed with characters that i i feel like some things need to end earlier because now that we're now that we're going into the finale of the story, the focus really is Ray and Kylo, right? So I feel like that's where we're going to spend most of our time. And had they finished up any of the other stories in Episode Nine, it probably would have felt rushed within those two and a
0: half hours. Yeah, we'd be saying, "Oh, geez, I didn't spend enough time on Kylo and Ray. All this build up, and you know they only got like two scenes together." Exactly. So I feel like we're You know, I I did like the the thinning of the herd at least on the villain side. Mm-hmm. It's going to put a lot of increased focus on Kylo, and I guess to a lesser degree, Hux, mm-hmm. and maybe whatever other bad guys they want to slip into the mix here late in the game. But um, yeah, for, for Phasma, I feel like it, the character was really unevenly treated. I mean, we know that she rolled over in TFA, and it was that was like embarrassing, and they tried to correct that in the four-part miniseries by saying... You know, having her track down uh, or or cover her tracks, I suppose, mm-hmm. in a very ruthless way, and then the, the 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 novel, which I have not read, and then back to the screen where she shows up and summarily gets dismissed, like the stormtrooper plays T ball with her head. Yeah, <laughs> and she and she's gone, or I mean, maybe she's not, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> She be one. Maybe JJ says no. I, I love Phasma. I'm bringing her back. She'll be a bit dinged up, but I'm bringing her back. Because I, I, you know, I feel like JJ when you know they they designed Phasma and they said, "Oh man, this is cool. Like we got to get this in the movie. We don't have a part for. her. Just shoehorn her. She's she's somewhere. You know, she's she's a high ranking stormtrooper. Done. Boom. Like I feel like they they put her in because she looked really cool." not that she served a specific purpose. Right. And that, and that's certainly the
1: wrong way to go for a character. You want to do story over look. always.
0: always. Mhm. And I feel I feel like I am bummed that they didn't serve do that character better justice. Now, a lot of people may disagree and I know a lot of people will. But uh, yeah, for me the character just felt totally flat. But let's talk about uh let's stay on, on with the first order and we'll talk about uh, the Snoke and Kylo dynamic how shocked were you to see Kylo or to see Kylo do what he did and take out his boss?
1: Yeah, I was again, just the moment where I was speechless watching it. I, I, I was like, Oh, okay. So I guess, cause you know, in our mind, TFA is like, okay, here's our, our emperor figure, right? Here is the, the puppet master. Right. And to see that cut down, you know, h- halfway through the trilogy, um, is definitely shocking um but you know in hindsight when you look back at at kylo's growth it it makes sense um you know snoke again you know that's that was another one of the fan built up questions right like who is snoke you know again and but also this is kind of like this ties into also just that legacy right i mean does snoke really need to be so-and-so, or
0: this person, or that person. I mean... Well, yeah, this is where I feel like fandom... This is on fans who are not happy about Snoke and his death. Well, They, they built up this character of Snoke, and they did this and that, and... No, they didn't. <laughs> There's been no build-up to Snoke. They've gone out of their way to say, his backstory is not important. He's not a Sith. He's not Plagueis. For all intents and purposes, you know, Snoke was a nobody. He was, all we knew is that he was Kylo's boss and he was really powerful in the force. That's it. We weren't promised any more with this guy. Right. And I think it's, what's really cool is
1: that, I mean, it. it is kind of like a, a misdirect, right? Or just kind of, you get this grandiose sense from him, but to, you know, ultimately he means nothing because the story is about Kylo and Rey, um, you know, there's always going. to... I think all, another theme is. I mean, there's always going to be a a big bad. There's always going to be something, um, and and the light comes up to meet it, like Snoke said. Like it, it's a cycle. Um, so I kind of just like that. It's like I I'm I, I kind of at a loss of words there, but like it's um, it's a really cool development. It, it's different. It's,
0: um, you know, it's a different kind of villain, right? Yeah. For you know, for once, we like, it's it's not the puppet master. Yeah. In the in in the driver's seat now, it's like this unhinged lunatic, at the you know with his finger on the trigger of this huge army. What is he gonna do? Like, how unpredictable is Kylo? He's been completely all over the map. So what is he gonna do in Episode Nine now that he has all of these seemingly limit limitless resources? And I think that makes things so much more interesting than, well, his boss is still there. uh, He's still a jerk, and he's still bullying Kylo left, right, and center. So, I know how this plays out. Kylo's going to turn on Snoke at some point. Like, it really leads you by the nose down this very predictable path.
1: Exactly. You know, we don't want to... I mean, again, one of the big complaints about Force Awakens. Oh, too much like New Hope. Too much like the the original original trilogy. So, but I mean, so if they went against... If they went with this rule of two, you know, you're going to take down... The apprentice and then take down the 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 puppet master the you know it it, it's too much of the same um and i think they really needed to set themselves apart here
0: yeah and i I think they've done that in a very uh, obviously done in a very stunning way but i think it also in a very very much a way that makes sense where you have kylo who's doing nothing but trying to find some belonging just like ray and he's being—he's—he's he's constantly being rejected by these father figures in his life, and he just keeps killing them. <laughs> you it's—it's—it's know, it's, it's Han. He killed Han. Now he's killed Snoke. He wanted to do his best to kill out Luke, who I guess you could argue would, what was a father figure for at least a time in his life.
2: mm Hmm. I mean, it's now thoughtful. now what is
0: yeah. where does he focus his hatred now? To see that's the thing, right? I mean.
1: He has all this hatred, and now he's a loose cannon. I mean, that's some of the... I mean, just think about our own, you know, Earth's history. World War Two, all, all these, you know, great tragedies. It's these horrible people with all this wrath, and it's just blindly shot out. and And it does destruction to anyone, anywhere. Um... So here's this person who's just kind of unleashed on the galaxy with just all this built up um hate and sense of betrayal, and he just wants revenge, and honestly, I think he just wants
0: revenge against the world, yeah, and that was the story we were given about Snoke is that he he just wants to lash out, he just wants to you know the pain that was caused on him caused to him he just wants to take that same pain and turn it around on everybody else tenfold. I feel like Kylo's maybe back in, in that same spot, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that means he's going to be um, prone to make the same arrogant mistake that Snoke did in, in ignoring ignoring what's going on right in front of him, right? Because I, I think in what, you know, again, one of, one of the most divisive moments of this movie, you know, when Kylo is turning the saber in his hand, and and Snoke is doing like the the play by play, oh, and he turns the saber and he's about to, like, press the button, pull the trigger, and make his kill. And <laughs> Kylo's doing this like sleight of hand that that Snoke doesn't see. Um. Yeah, I I I, th- I thought that that moment was, again, maybe I'm being a homer, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was pretty slick.
1: I I don't know, I. Again, I loved it. I'm curious um if there was any puppet mastering on Snoke's part there, right? I mean, at this point, Snoke was... I mean, earlier in the film, Snoke was really pushing Kylo to take off that mask. And, you know, he was really berating him. It almost felt like he was pushing him purposefully. So you got to think, I mean... You know, we we are getting so another thing with the last Jedi is we we are getting a lot of new Force powers, a lot of new things that can be done with the Force. You know, we don't necessarily know. You know, to this moment, you know, we understand that generally light side users can become Force ghosts, and that's it. But in almost like an a, an opposite way, it could be interesting that if if Snoke found a way to transcend on the dark side, and if maybe dark side users can only communicate with dark side users after they've passed. You know? So be curious if maybe it was Snoke's plan to die. I think that would be an interesting twist. Mm, that would be so cool. Um, Because now we have Luke is dead and mentoring Rey from beyond, most likely. That's what I'm going to assume. And, that, and then and possibly Snoke dead, mentoring Kylo
0: in the end. Possibly. Mm. That is that's that's a pretty cool idea because previously I mean we Sith could not come back in any type of ghost way, but this guy's not Sith, right? He's not Sith, and also, I mean we
1: we we assume that Sith can't come back in a ghost form because we haven't seen it yet. Also, our only lens of reference have been light side users, um. So a dark force user isn't going to come to them. But maybe if there's already a dark side user who's alive and now that we have Kylo as like a, a point person, a point character, you know, we're following him just as
0: much as we're following Ray. Maybe we'll see some of that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Did you so when I when I first watched that scene where Kylo. I I don't even know what the word is, but bisex, <laughs> Snoke. There was a second where I thought like Snoke is going to like almost laugh this off. Mm. Did you get that? I, yeah. I mean, I didn't believe that
1: he was dead. I mean, again, I think that's just how we're trained as moviegoers and we just assume the big bad is until the end. Right. So there was like, I just, I couldn't trust him. I, I couldn't trust what I was watching. And I think also that's, I think that's part of what led to a lot of people to a lot of people's disappointment in, in the film in general it was also new we didn't feel like we didn't know what we could trust um so yeah i i, I didn't i yeah i thought oh this is just kind of this is a, a fleeting thing and snoke is just going to be like yeah whatever
0: <laughs> you you traitorous little apprentice like yeah, he would just, or maybe he had some force power to heal himself, and mm-hmm. the lightsaber would have meant nothing. But that turn, right, as soon as Snoke died, and now
1: we got Kylo and we got Rey, after the the Praetorian guards, is that... Pa- oh, those poor Praetorian, Praetorian guards. Yeah, I mean, just, but that moment, right, back to back, I was like, I'm watching this, I'm like, we're only in the second movie of the trilogy. Is this happening? What am I watching? This is so cool, but I'm confused, It was just so many conflicting emotions during that battle, but it was so cool to see and visually stunning.
0: Oh, God, it was visually so cool. So, so cool. Did you think that Ray and Kylo were going to fight at that moment? (sighs) I mean, they're standing face to face, and I I think Daisy Ridley did a good job there. Like, she's looking at Kylo, and I didn't see any, like, wink, wink, like, let's take these guys down. I I saw, like, what's he going to do? Mm-hmm. I And then, they, they, you know, they just like the, sh- the shot pans out and they both go back to back. And I was like, oh, money shot. Perfect.
1: It really was just a great tension build. I mean, even in that split second, we were like, I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to fight each other? Just like you said. And yeah, I don't know. It just took so many turns. I, the beats in that scene were just
0: so good. And they wrote me in. Yeah, because like, you know, I, I was talking about. In our our first review episode, like the rolodex of information I have in my brain, and what I know about this movie, or what I think I know, and there's a, you know there's Rey and Kylo, and they're teaming up here. Now, is this because there, this is a new allegiance, or is this sort of a a a union of convenience in this moment? And I'm trying mm-hmm. to put it into context and, and looking ahead. What else do I know about this movie? And I don't know that there's any further shots of Kylo. No, oh, no, actually, no that's not true. that's there's the shot of him storming the mine on crate
1: right. Well, we knew crate was coming, right? So I feel like you know we knew that there was still going to be conflict down the
0: line, yeah, so in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is not gonna last what I, I how this falls up this union falls apart, but yeah, but it couldn't have lasted and you know, I thought about seeing Kylo shuttle. Just hovering there over the salt flat, uh, the salt flats of of Crete, going, yeah. I mean, this this really can't last. But they they've they've kind of crossed that threshold. You know, this is what I'm thinking in that moment. This is this is before Kylo goes full madman. Going, they they've crossed this threshold. They've worked together. They've have they ironed this out? Are they close allies at this point? But again, Ryan Johnson kind of kicking out. The legs from under us, and and really putting us on unequal footing. Like we, again, we we don't know where this is going. Nope,
1: not at all. And uh, and I you know it's it's great because it was obvious Ray had no idea where this was going either. Um, but she was kind of going with the flow, you know, going with the punches. Um, but that that moment of like, you know, when when Kylo was trying to convince her to come with him and 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 burn the past down and she's just like you know don't do this ben and just that acting on her part was so oh uh, it was so visceral
0: i loved it i think one of the best things about this movie and to me there's there's so much to love about this movie the acting is just so good across the board like ryan johnson pulled everybody's best out of them i think absolutely uh, I mean, yeah. I, I couldn't even tell you who, who put on the best performance because there really were. I mean, I think between Mark Hamill, Daisy Ridley and and um, Adam Driver, I think you get three world class performances there. And then beyond that, you have Carrie Fisher and Oscar Isaac, uh, e- even Donald Gleason, He was he was pretty good, too. I mean, mm-hmm. not to the same level as the f- first three, but right across. Like, I can't think of one person who I would go. eh. They kind of mailed this in.
1: Nope, everyone was giving it their all. It was, uh, I just you, kind of looking back, and now I feel like I oh, I got to see it a third time now. But um, it's just everyone really put so much love into it. I think.
0: Oh yeah, I I, I think so. And again, we're, I'm still kind of in this honeymoon period mm-hmm. with this movie. But I mean, we say honeymoon, but I mean, you know,
1: I I think we're you know. We we do a pretty good job, I think, at at analyzing it for what it is, right? I mean, we could we could still admit its faults, and love it at the same time.
0: Yeah, I yeah, sure. I mean, I'll be honest at this point, I I don't see a ton of faults in this movie. Like, there's some things I could kind of nitpick a little bit over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh...
1: I mean, the faults for me are nitpicks too, right? It's not these grand. You know structural faults in the plot or anything that i could say i you know
0: yeah i know i i like a lot of people have uh, various varying complaints and power to them so many i just i look at them i'm like are we are we talking about the same movie like am i an idiot what why don't i see at all what you're seeing Right. like we both love like i'm you know reading somebody's post on facebook or um a review online and i'm like am i just dumb am i naive am i a bad movie watcher or too much of a of a homer like why do i not understand what you're writing and i guess i don't know maybe it just comes down to subjectivity some if something lands with you then it works for you and if not then it it just, it wasn't to your taste. That's it. Right, it's subjectivity. Some people like broccoli and some people don't.
1: (laughs) Right, it's subjectivity, but it's also, you know, again, I think fundamentally it's expectations versus reality. For a lot of, you know, I think some people just have an easier time going with the flow versus I had all these theories, none of them were right. I don't quite, or just the the, you know, or the discomfort with the unfamiliar, right? Star Wars doesn't usually go this way. No, um, so yeah, I
0: think that I think that's a big part of this that it's supposed. There's, there's supposed to be a Star Wars checklist. There's supposed to be a list of things that you get in a Star Wars movie, and in a lot of ways, we did not get some of those things in this movie. In, f- in fact, we would get the opposite. But I feel like we also did. I mean, you know, Ryan
1: also did tug on those nostalgia heartstrings. I mean, we haven't even talked about Yoda yet, or um, the.
0: Obi Wan Kenobi message. This you know, Sidious was mentioned. The soundtrack, which is littered, littered with uh, cues and, and callbacks to the OT, mm-hmm. it's stuffed with them. There, there, <laughs> there could be more OT stuff than than new stuff in the soundtrack.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: I, like, what did you think of the soundtrack? Quickly. Oh uh,
1: my. Uh briefly i think my my favorite piece is i i think it's called the spark it's it's on crate and it's just those few fleeting notes of the imperial march and it's it's be- it was in the trailer too um that's probably my favorite bit of the soundtrack i think it was so beautiful you know under kind of like the newer soundtrack it was gorgeous what about you
0: Oh boy! I I liked the uh, Jedi steps on a, on a they just amped up just a little bit. Um. Having hearing Yoda's theme again, mm. that that really hit home with me. And well, Rey's theme always works for me, no matter what. Leia's theme, that that came up at least twice in the in the soundtrack. No, I, I could take that all day long. And you know what I think I think really took a step forward in this film is uh, March of the Resistance. Uh, Yeah, I think that's that took 10 steps forward in this soundtrack. I love just so much grander. Yes. I didn't really I I liked it. Actually, my son loves that song. He loves that cue to death. And it's it was always like, oh, it's pretty cool, I guess. But in this movie, he John Williams really cranked it up absolutely uh uh, what did you think of the overall frequency of the use of humor the the type of humor did did that work for you or was it a bit much not all of the humor hit but none the humor none of it was so
1: jarring to me that it took me out of the film i thought the hucks thing with poe the holding for hucks i thought was hysterical um it, Agreed. It's for me. It's in line with Poe, right? I mean, do you talk first? Do I talk first? Like it's it's there. It's it's his it's it's his way of stalling. It's his way of banter. Oh, I'm not afraid of you. That's what he
0: does. And I I I thought that was hysterical. Um, I think the only way that would have been funnier is if he had called him a, a pasty ginger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I would have died. Uh, I know some people say it's too much earth humor, but. I, I don't know. It, I have to look back at, at the original trilogy and and how much of the seventies seeped into Star Wars. I mean, go back, yeah, well, go back and watch it. It's a very seventies movie.
0: Yeah, you know, I, this wasn't a humorous part, but there's a there is a Holdo's line where she says "Godspeed Rebels," and people didn't like Godspeed. If you don't like God speed for you know for whatever reason, maker speed, then you can't... I don't know. <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> I mean, then, then then you can't like Han's line of then I'll see you in hell, right? Like if if you have a problem with a with God, in in Star Wars, then you probably have you should have a problem with hell as well. Absolutely, I think it's just
1: Those... because it's Han. No one's going to say something bad about Harrison Ford. <laughs> you know, it's it's course, no. It's a nostalgia thing. That's what that's yeah. really what it is. Um, there were a couple of moments, though, you know, just about the humor. I think the porg hitting the window was a little silly for me. Um, the BB-8 on the walker, I thought, was a little silly.
0: What yes, I, I come at both of those from different angles because those. T- yes, for me, if you know, as a as as you know, if, if I was not a father, I'd be like, eh, okay, I know who that's aimed at. But now I, you know, I my kids have seen the porg up against the window. And they just squeal they love with it. glee every time they see it. Yeah. I go And yeah, it works for kids. And that's who that was for. Exactly. I mean, Star Wars is for everybody, right? I mean, like,
1: Star. I mean, it, this isn't Deadpool, right? It's not going to be an R-rated superhero flick for adults only. You know, this is a family film. It could get dark, sure. But it's also going to have those moments of just silly humor. And it's okay. If it's not for you, then just, I don't know, you don't don't have to fast forward it. Just watch the movie and, you know, it's over in a second. (laughs) You know, it's not, you know. (laughs) Learn to like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to like, I don't know. It's not going to shorten your life by
0: watching it. (laughs) It, Definitely not. It it might actually extend your life if you learn to laugh a little bit. Yeah. People just need to cheer up. Cheer up people. (laughs) <laughs> loosen up have some fun it's a movie we love it to death but it's it's a movie <laughs> uh did we hit on every, every all the mo- like the
1: biggest people here um we didn't really talk about yoda uh that's the only thing I, yeah i loved that scene mm. um so the sec so, so something funny i did during the second viewing i i kind of like i love watching audience reactions And I was like, I was kind of a little bit of a creep about it. I would, I pretend to stretch, and I just kind of like peeked at the seats behind me, and just to see how people and people, it just everyone was in awe of seeing puppet Yoda on the screen again. It felt like Empire Strikes Back. It felt just seeing that relationship again between Yoda and Luke. um, It just you could see kind of the magic resonating in, in people's eyes. Like it was that that was such a ah that was such a transcending experience not to sound all like hoity-toity about it but just to see that movie magic working on a giant auditorium full of people and people were just it was just quiet people were just taking it in and loving every second of yoda being on the screen again
0: yeah like i not not to belabor the point because i said it in the last episode but i feel like Ryan Johnson nailed the dialogue. And I don't know if maybe Frank Oz helped him pen out that scene. But to me it, it just feels like Luke and Yoda were right back on Dagobah. Yeah. It just it just felt so natural between the, the two of them. And I feel like Yoda really dropped a lot of gold in those scenes. Or at least in that in that one scene. It was just unbelievable that you know, the first time nothing even registered because I was like, whoa. Like Yoda just dropping wisdom bombs everywhere. Second time I took in a little bit more, but I I almost feel like the whole movie is like that, where there's just a lot of dense dialogue that you need to, it might take multiple viewings for it all to soak in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway
1: from Yoda for me was just that, you know, failure is the greatest lesson, right? I mean, that is the point, right? We, because this whole film is about choices right so our choices might be wrong but it's okay if we learn from them and move on you know that's the point you know there's nothing wrong with failure you have to just but you have to learn from it um and i think i know a lot of people i mean i know james specifically you know said like the jedi weren't supposed to fail right i mean there's this idealistic um view of the jedi but here you have yoda saying you know again no one is perfect the jedi failed you had a failure and that's okay you know we just have to pass on what we've learned
0: yeah yeah exactly and and, and the end end of the conversation uh we are what they grow beyond yeah the the
1: master is what i uh, i forget exactly but yeah they are what we grow beyond yeah I thought that was that beautiful.
0: That is the that is the, ma- that is the burden of a, of a master or something like that. Yeah,
1: some, yeah, yeah, something like that. That's where the master part came in. It, beautiful. I think probably I, I almost hate to say it, but probably one of my favorite Yoda moments. Right, even beyond Empire Strikes Back and, and Return of the Jedi. Like I,
0: oh God, I love that. I love that scene so much. You know, there's a common question of, uh, in Star Wars fandom, like, if you were going to get a Star Wars tattoo, a line of Star Wars dialogue tattooed on you, like, that line is going to be on that list. If it's not in the next few months, it will be in the next few years. That line will be part of that conversation.
1: I, I Now I wonder if we're going to get Yoda again, even for a fleeting moment in Episode Nine. Like I, I definitely see Luke coming to Rey. I feel like that has to happen. I don't think we've seen the end of Mark Hamill. No. Um, <laughs> th- I think there's a void there that needs to be filled, right? Unfortunately, with Carrie Fisher out of the picture, I feel like we need a, a sense of the original trilogy still there. Um, but- yeah, they they got to give us just one last bite. It would be interesting if kind of how Anakin, Obi Wan, and Yoda came to luke it would be cool to see maybe race see luke maybe maybe if she sees yoda i i would i i'm still banking on hopefully seeing obi-wan i would love to see you and mcgregor done up like um uh why am i blanking on his name alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. i would love to see yeah you and mcgregor look like alec Guinness, which i think is very possible they just gotta
0: do what they did for the prequels and just age them um. Yeah, Ryan Johnson did touch on that, and you know, people said, "Why wasn't he in this?" He said, "Well, of co- you know, of course I would have loved to have gotten Kenobi in there, but I would have had to have used you uh, and McGregor, and it just he, he, I think he kind of rationalized it as in it would have looked weird." Right. I mean, and don't don't quote me, but something to, to that effect. That yeah, it's it's you know if it was Alec, if Alec Guinness was still around, sure, but you know it, it's 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 two people that have not really interacted together before so nah I mean they could always
1: CG Alec Guinness like they did with Tarkin that's an option um but I feel like even using you and McGregor I mean it's not any weirder than throwing um Hayden Christensen in Return of the Jedi <laughs> you know I feel like that was weird but yeah I feel like this this makes a little more sense I mean I feel like enough time has passed in real time um and technology is a little better. I mean makeup is amazing. There there's great things that they can do with aging
0: Ewan McGregor. Uh it could maybe it's something that'll that'll be in the cards for nine. I mean we we want you and McGregor back on screen really badly. Right. And maybe this is the place to
1: do and it. And if we get a Kenobi film, it's even more of a I mean, it's pretty I mean people pretty much are in in, in agreement on he was perfect in that role. Right? I th- I feel like it could be forgiven. To have an older Ewan McGregor play, you know, Obi-Wan. I I feel like it makes... I mean, it, I, I can't imagine there being a backlash.
0: Oh, there'd be some. I mean, come on. I mean, there'd be some, but, <laughs> but
1: not a 50,000 signed petition.
0: Uh, you never know. That's my wishful, you never know. wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start to wind things down here a little bit. Um, where is this going? Because now... I think one of the coolest and healthiest things about this movie is that we are without a compass. There's no roadmap. If if you know, if we were afraid that JJ was going to rehash The Last Jedi for Episode Nine, which was a huge concern, given the petitions that are out there to to have him removed as director, uh, that's gone. I mean, Ryan Johnson took JJ to a left JJ in a place where fundamentally you can't remake episode six it's impossible so where are we headed here um so starting
1: the speculation train um i would love to see because we got nothing of the knights of ren in this film we got a, a, a reference i think from snoke if i remember correctly um but i i would love to see maybe they're off somewhere and kylo maybe taps into that as a as a final resource, um, because he's gonna need some people on his side, right? Not just the first order, because it's gonna be too much of the same.
0: Um, so oh, and, and there's also the the uh, Luke said that you know uh, Kylo took off with a handful of his students and killed the rest, right? So, there- so there's that theory that the people that, that Kylo took off with are the Knights of Ren, for Luke's former Jedi apprentices. I mean, that's what I assumed with the Force
1: Awakens was those they were the people that he took with him. I mean that's what I was thinking since you know a couple of years ago. Um so I think it's very possible. I mean I know some people thought they might have been the guards, but I feel like the guards weren't force you know wielding so that kind of got ruled out in my head canon I don't think that's a possibility. Um I agree. But see so it also depends on how much time unfolds, right? Like, I don't think enough time is going to pass where the kids on Canto Bight are old enough to be trained. So, but visually speaking, I would love to see Rey with Padawans versus Kylo with the Knights of Ren. That I think visually would be really cool. It would be a really cool way to kind of send off to the future, right? We have this new slew of Jedi that we can follow. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think that would be a powerful statement, right? Visually speaking, right? The Jedi are back, um, in whatever different form, different uh doctrine, whatever it is. Um, but I feel like too much time would have to pass for that to happen.
0: So, do do you do you necessarily think that we are jumping ahead significantly in time? I I I would say like you know a couple months, a couple weeks is not a significant jump. Do you think we're going? two plus years into the future i would like to see that because i mean it makes sense between seven
1: and eight to have like a week i honestly i think it was a it's been a matter of days because really i the first order knows where they are right hence that's why they're evacuating i mean but they knew where they were at the end of the force awakens right they were aiming their black you know they were aiming star killer base to fire i can't imagine that they were sitting on that knowledge too long um you know and then attack dakar so i feel like it would be nice to have a nice break right give ray some time to study those books give whatever uh, you know kylo enough time to rally his troops um i don't know what do you think (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's just it. I don't know what I think. It, it could um, be anything, right? It could be anything, and I love it. I there's a lot of fans who are uncomfortable right now because we we don't know. Like they feel like that this is sort of directionless, and I
1: kind of like that. That's the best kind of story. I mean, I don't want to go in knowing X, Y, and Z is going to happen, right? Like, I I, I want to be surprised. I want this to to take me in a new direction and, and I just want to go with it. I want to, you know, I don't want to know what's going to happen. I don't want to have, I don't want it to have to follow a formula.
0: Yeah. I mean, there could, there is this this will be one of the first things we learn at some point. I, I would imagine in the next couple of months that, you know, when, you know, once JJ's really firmed up his script, they'll something, some news will, will slip out that or be released that uh, episode nine takes place blank in the future
1: yeah i mean that was one of the first things we learned about the last jedi is like we knew quite some time ago that it was going to pick up immediately after like way before any trailer or picture or anything like i feel like we almost knew i mean this might be an exaggeration but i feel like we almost knew months after the force awakens that that was what was going to happen
0: yeah i i think you're totally right i don't think they, they hid that from us for very long uh, this I, I have no clue, man, and I don't I don't even know what makes sense to be honest with you. If if, if you want to, you, you know, you think of Episode Nine and you think of huge epic space battles, all these capital ships dogpiling on each other, uh, lightsaber battles. That's kind of the way we see Episode nines, right. Like the the climax of a trilogy needs to be grand on every level. So right. if that's the case, then yeah, then. The resistance obviously needs to make new friends or at least rally the ones they had out, uh, where, where, outer rim, outer reaches, In the outer, outer rim. Reaches. I mean,
1: yeah, they need to regroup completely.
0: They're completely depleted at this point. Yeah. There's, there's literally like 12 people. Left. Nothing left. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to even get your mind around that. There's not, there's nobody left. The resistance has been reduced to a few people. And uh, in the visual dictionary, this is an interesting note, which maybe plays into episode nine, but uh, Snap Wexley and a few members of of Black Squadron were sent off on a mission. Uh, See, okay, here's something
1: funny. I thought Snap died in the original battle because there's a pilot that looks just like him that blew up. And I turned to Dan. I was like, did they just kill
0: Snap? Like, I have... And, and I was like, I don't know what was going on. <laughs> maybe that was, maybe if, if, I mean, I don't, I don't know the actor you're, you're thinking of, but if that was the intention, maybe that, maybe that was it. Like this could be Snap Wexley if, you know, if, if we don't want to ever write a piece for him again, but it turns out in the visual dictionary, uh, he and a few members of Black Squadron were sent off on some sort of mission before the, the, uh, escape from Dakar. Oh, wow okay i I so I, that I would could like plant to nine yeah, yeah, Because I, I really like snap, I mean,
1: you know Dan didn't read all the aftermath novels, but I feel like yeah, I mean we you and you and I read them, and i we you know we followed this whole trilogy with him, and now he's in the, the Poe Dameron comics, um, yeah, I would hate to hit, see him go in just like a quick
0: manner, you know,
1: some kind of resolution,
0: yeah, so I, I mean, do you agree that nine kind of has to? have that that feel of of grand epic finale um see they could surprise us they surprise us with this one um yeah they they could close ranks right they could make this really really cut close to the bone with intimacy and 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 personal exploration and and make it a super super dense Mm -hmm. movie on that personal front
1: but i i feel like the reason reasoning it won't be so much like that is because we we really got that with this film and i and i think that was the point right Force Awakens was a quick action-packed intro. All right, let's flesh out these characters. All right, now that we've raised the stakes, action out. You know, and uh, um yeah, I mean again, also just the rule of trilogies and and series, right? The, the ending chapter is always got to be something big. Um but again, what that what the definition of big is might be different to JJ this time around.
0: Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, J.J. does big pretty well. Mm -hmm. I don't know that he does up close and personal super well. Right. So that's why I feel like it makes sense to have him back for maybe the big closeout, you know? Which means it probably makes sense for there to be some kind of time jump. And I know people are going, well, duh, you dummy, of course there has to be a time jump. I don't think it's that simple. Mm -hmm. I think it's maybe likely just so that they can, you know, Reset the decks here. Right.
1: It's not absolutely necessary, but I think it, it it makes sense given what they have to work with, with Carrie Fisher and just, again, the rebuilding of the troops. And there's just so much that needs to happen in order for it to make sense for them to go, you know, head to head with the First Order again. Um, but also, I would love to. So they put out the call to the Outer Rim. Um. And they didn't get answered right away, obviously because everything's happening in real time and again at the outer rim, so far out, you know, it's gonna take a long time for people to get to them anyway. Um but I would love and, to And yeah, see... nobody
0: nobody replied, right? No one it replied, like, yeah.
1: it was quiet. But I would like that would be a cool way to get Lando back. Um Right get Maz Kannada back in the fold. Um get all these allies that are out there, um, these resources that they can really tap into.
0: Because there's no other choice, right? No other,
1: I mean, they need people.
0: Yeah. And I, you wonder what Kylo's doing with the, with the First Order? Because I feel like Kylo has no desire to sort of be like the political head. Maybe that's that's Hux's thing now. He's sort of fitting into that role of, of galactic dictator, whereas Kylo is, is still pursuing his goal of you know, revenge. Yeah. I, I mean that's a cool dynamic too, Hux
1: and Kylo. Right? Hux is trying to play by the book, right? And then Kylo is just like blow to hell, you know? And <laughs> it it's it, it's an interesting tug of war between those two. It's I I don't think it's so much antagonistic, it's more of just fundamental differences in leadership and 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 motivation. Mm, yeah. Yep, I, I I can get on board with right, that. It's not like a Krennic-Tarkin situation. It's, it's very
0: different. So, does, so let's assume that our heroes kind of line up with a, a new group of a, a ragtag fleet, pirates. I don't know how they do this, but is Finn suddenly Captain Finn? Or are we back to Commander or Major D- Dameron? Like, is everybody like Star Wars specializes in that, right? Like you, right. you show up. Hey, oh, you're re- ready, ready to help. How do you want? You, how does general sound? You want to be a general? <laughs> you're you're a general. What do you what would you like to be? Yeah,
1: I don't think Poe is demoted anymore. I, I, I really think that was a temporary setback just to kind of give him that character growth. I think when we come back, we're going to see Poe having learned his lesson from The Last Jedi. um, And, and we're going to see him more in a leadership role. With Finn, see he's still kind of on the outskirts, right i mean he's an he was an outsider in the force awakens doing his thing. He was an outsider on a side mission here um again, if there's that time jump, maybe he'll be more in a leadership role um kind of in the way how Han Solo kind of came up
0: and became a leader um I don't know it's really tough it's <laughs> and ray ray is is studying those books ray is ray i don't think ray is really has any part
1: of the resistance per se like as far as like commander or general any of that stuff um she's kind of you think she's
0: kicking around with the resistance or she she's kind of said her goodbyes and she's off somewhere else i feel like she well i feel like she
1: needs some solitude right um i feel like she might go back to the first temple Maybe she'll go back to um, uh, totally blending act, act two. Maybe she'll go back to act two. Um, not necessarily. She doesn't have to because like Yoda kind of you know, blazed up the the tree and all that. So
0: there's really not much there. she has the books with her. Um,
1: so maybe she. Yeah, I
0: I think the the last Jedi, if if anything was was about burning that old Jedi legacy down. Right. There's nothing she has to go to. Yeah. There's, I don't think there's any reason for us as, as an audience to keep, you know, clinging to this old Jedi stuff. I think she's pushing ahead Mm -hmm. and she's, she's sort of the the, ground zero of the new Jedi. Right. And so maybe if she goes
1: somewhere else, not so much because of what's there, but maybe she just needs a space to, to teach herself to maybe commune with Luke um, you know, she kind of has to train herself now and, and learn what the original Jedi thought, um, and how she can adapt
0: that to the situation they're in now. There, there was an old rumor. I, it's not that old. It's only, it's from some point this year that we were going back to Jack in episode nine. And obviously this is when Colin Trevorrow was still mm, writing with, with, uh, what's his face? Derek Connolly, mm-hmm. and I th- yeah, I think that was what was going on. That Jakku was back in the picture. I don't see it if if, if they do go
1: back to Jakku. I don't see it being like an entire act of the film. I, I could I could see something more subtle. Maybe Ray is saying goodbye to Jakku. Um, maybe Ray goes back for just some closure.
0: Yeah, maybe like we could see, open with her at her parents grave or something like that right
1: or 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 the atat where she slept uh maybe she goes and just looks at her old things um and maybe get, get her old toothbrush her Old toothbrush but maybe her her uh, rebel helmet that she's uh <laughs> put on for fun um her little x-wing doll her x-wing pilot doll um whatever you know whatever maybe she's got a bone to pick with uh on her plot um But I don't know, I could see it maybe just being like, you know, like a quick five minute, three minute scene. You know, I don't think it's going to be this grand scale like, oh, back to Jakku. Um, But I mean, also, there's that mythology that's built in where Jakku was a base for the for the Empire. Right. And they were doing some shady
0: stuff there. So right, aftermath was you know, they they really went pretty deep on that. It was right. it was when observatory, right? Right, right. And they were doing you know they were doing
1: their thing. So maybe we'll we'll explore maybe a little bit more because Jakku is kind of where all this started. So kind of how we went back to Tatooine in Episode Six. Maybe we'll do a quick little brushback in, of Jakku.
0: Oh, there's there's the rehash talk. Uh, I, not who? Well, yeah, <laughs> but again, but there was a whole
1: act on Tatooine. I don't think they're going to do a full like there's no job the hut there. There's no boba fett there. There's no big thing happening there.
0: Yeah, there's there's no there's no rescue that needs to happen there. But there's no reason to spend 30 45 minutes.
1: Right. I think it's more of an emotional kind of closure piece. If if we do go back. We we don't necessarily have to. Again, the whole theme is letting go of the past. So, you know, it's not no, necessary. I, I was
0: convinced Remember in in Aftermath where it said that Jakku used to be like a green planet just teeming with with green life? Oh, yeah. Yep. I feel like that was mentioned for a reason. Hmm. I don't don't know that Rey can affect that kind of change. Maybe. Oh, you know what? Maybe she can. Well, it was still a
1: desert planet in Aftermath, right? It was. So so she wasn't born yet. A long time ago. A long time ago. Do you, you mean she affect she caused the the green to go away, or you think she can bring the bring green back. back? Yeah,
0: bring it back, like transform that dust ball into a planet. Cause look at that little shot, that one little shot in TFA or uh, the Last Jedi that kind of bothers me when Luke is explaining the Force to Ray, mm-hmm. and we see the shot of the decaying dinosaur bones, and there's that one quick shot of those little plants shooting up from the soil yeah the force you know force making life grow what if that's a little foreshadow obviously ryan johnson would have no way to know that he was foreshadowing nine but would ray want to go back to Jakku and bring life back to her planet so it's not such a depressing dump
1: it could be interesting i don't know
0: maybe we pick up with her years later and that's exactly what she's doing she's trying to restore life to Jakku. I mean we are
1: getting all these new kind of looks at what the force can do and um, perhaps a part of that could be influencing life on planets um, a holistic almost, I almost see it as like uh, kind of going a little more pagan there a little holistic earthy um, vibe. I don't know. It's possible. Anything's possible now.
0: <laughs> uh, it certainly is. <laughs> All right, man. I think I think we're done for today. What are we clocking in about? Two hours, I think, for uh... Uh, somewhere around there, <laughs> somewhere around the two-hour mark. But uh, yeah, another good, healthy talk. That brings us up to about five hours. <laughs> the last Jedi, just rambly, straight up last Jedi talk. We're clocking in at about five hours now, and I, you know we still have other members of the team here to work in. We're not. We haven't talked about news in a while. We haven't had any. Any questions from the powerful friends? No binary sunset. Yeah, man. Like this, this movie has really, I think, more than definitely more than the Force Awakens, and certainly more than Rogue One, given us an awful lot to talk about. It's going to be interesting to see how this conversation evolves over the next two years. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Just to see how this movie is going to change in in fans opinions can you can you rank this movie i i don't always i still haven't done that this exercise i don't know how i feel about ranking star wars movies but it's it's it seems like to be a fun exercise it's, do you have a slot for it it's so hard to do um i think i even tweeted but it i was like
1: uh, i can't i love them all um but right now i was just like kind of mulling it over i have the force awakens up top um Empire Strikes Back. Followed by the Last Jedi. So it's up. It's in my top three right now. Um, followed by A New Hope. Rogue One. Return of the Jedi. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones. That's kind of my order. Um, the way I ranked it, I can't... I, I used my photo app in my phone to kind of just do this exercise. I can't put any ties with it because it's just a list of photos. Um... But uh, I would say there's maybe even a couple of
0: ties in here. But uh, that's kind of my list at the moment. But it can change. It's very fluid. Oh, yeah. I mean, these lists are always subject to change. Just one day you might watch. Oh, let me pop in this movie. I haven't watched it in 10 years. Let's see what it's like. Oh, my goodness. It, like Something jumps out at you. Or five things jump out at you. And suddenly you like this movie so much more today. And it overtakes. It, it you know jumps up two spots on your list. I mean, the last shit I did that after... Uh, a second watch through like after
1: i saw it the first time it was kind of like in the middle dead center um and then after i saw it again and really thought about it yeah it it crept its way up to top three and um honestly i could see it
0: becoming maybe my favorite one day yeah we're just gonna have to see how this one ages i mean again we, we, Everybody knows about this now, but Empire really didn't sit well with, with a lot of fans at the time. It just seemed so off. It wasn't a swashbuckling, upbeat adventure like A New Hope was. Mm. So it took time for people to appreciate the lore that was built into it. And you know, making Luke Darth Vader's son, what a slap in the face, how could you do that? Turns out it became one of cinema's greatest moments, and you know, spawned one one of the greatest stories in in cinema history. But if I had to, I, I still don't know if I can rank it. But I, I still have Empire as my first, and A New Hope as my second. And I, it's it's this has made me think like, what will it take to drop these two to knock those two out of their spot? Um, right now, I have The Last Jedi fighting with Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens for third. So that's like that's my jumble from three through five. So re- I guess today, boy oh boy, I'm I'm still gonna stick with Revenge of the Sith at three, then The Last Jedi, then TFA, and then uh, further down the list I'll go Return of the Jedi, Rogue One, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and that like I said, that three through five is really subject to change. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's something that could that could just keep flip flopping at any given moment,
1: right? Because you know all these films offer something different. Um, you know, it's funny. Like even though I have Attack of the Clones dead last, you know, I loved kind of the the mystery of Camino, and I loved the way it started with the assassination attempt, and there, there are just things in that film that that I do love. The Django Fett fight, um, so it's interesting. There, there's something that I look for in each film. It just depends what I'm in the mood for that day dictates what I stream or pop in the the Blu-ray player or whatever.
0: Um, it's just it's you know I think it just comes with being a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah, and you know just because you know there's there's nine movies, and if you're gonna rank them, something is gonna be at the bottom, and it doesn't mean you hate it. It just right. means that it has to be it's like somebody's got to lose <laughs> exactly somebody's got to come in last place and i think consistently i've seen attack of the clones at the bottom of that list which is which is which is saying something
2: mm.
0: again it all comes down to the the overall execution
1: right it's like i love the story of attack of the clones it just there's just a lot of execution choices that didn't Press the right buttons for me.
0: Yep. Yeah. Again, yeah. I, I love the story. I love the arc that it takes, and some, but some choices just I can't live with. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deal with. I, I keep going back to Obi Wan's flesh wounds that had him unconscious on the ground, in and out of consciousness. Mm. <laughs> Two minor flesh wounds, <laughs> and he's just like flat on his back, watching Anakin fight for his life. I can't get over how how dumb that is <laughs> anyway, Steve. this was awesome, man. I'm glad we got to put we we we're burning the midnight oil yet again, and we're pod, podcasting on back to back nights. I'm tired, I know you are too, but the holidays are pretty much here, and uh that's it. Let's punch out of here, man all right let's do it i'm Thank you again for having me on. Um,
1: it was awesome.
0: Yeah, it was nice to not talk about books for once.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Take a little but break we'll, from we'll journals. We'll be back
0: soon to do that, right?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I have to actually. I have to pick the uh, the next novel. I'm gonna chew down. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to pick something that maybe we both want to read, and then because we've been bas- we've been basically focused on the comics for the most part. So yeah,
0: I st- you know in the summer I took a big step back from the novels because none of them were really ringing the bell for me mm-hmm. and I, I i don't know if that's it's, it's a problem with the writing because they're not just not that compelling or if it's me because i just insist on getting too many data points i want too many ties and i, I just want the wikipedia of it all you know what i mean uh, absolutely know exactly what you mean <laughs> so yeah maybe, maybe a novel is in in the offing here but we'll we'll see we'll talk about that um so where can people find you on Twitter while uh, they wait for us to get back to the next podcast? On Twitter, I am at Joango Fett. Perfect, and I am at Tumbling Saber on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, come check us out! And don't forget we have a new Facebook group, which is a lot more open, a much much freer place to to share content and post your thoughts. Uh, so make sure when you search Facebook, you make sure you're in the group and not the page, because I'm slowly phasing that page out. Um, and beyond that, make sure, I mean, if you like what we do here, if you like our, our podcasts, if you want to hear more from us, uh, check out our page on Patreon at at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. Two, three bucks a month. That's all it takes, and you get a bunch of exclusive podcasts, and you're in, in our draws for our monthly giveaway. And sometimes we, we do other random giveaways. I mean, Steve did a random giveaway just last week that Dave Donovan won. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Patreon.com/tumbling saber giveaways, exclusive podcast, a lot more, and just two three bucks a month, man. Make it a Christmas gift to us. How about that? And uh, that's it. We got we got uh, we might have a break coming up here at Tumbling Saber. I'm I'm wiped out. <laughs> I need a bit of a break, but uh, I'm sure we'll put something in the pipeline here soon enough. And if not. It'll be episode 108 will be the next time you hear from us. So uh, we hope you guys had a great Christmas, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon on Twitter. Have yourselves a good one, and we'll talk soon.
2: Watching you walking away